your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Here's the 0 1 pitch. Runner takes off. The ball's hit through the right side, and that's going to win it for Nebraska. Gunner Hellstrip comes through, and the Big Red take one from Indiana, winning 7 6 in walk off fashion. Sports Nightly is presented by the NDOT Highway Safety Office, who reminds you to buckle up and put the phone down. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts. Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. Ireland, here we come. Just a year late, right? How about that announcement earlier today? Nebraska Northwestern, August 27th, 2022 in Dublin's Aviva Stadium. Looking forward to making that little trek across the pond in about, oh, what, like 16 months from now. Welcome to the Thursday edition of Sports Island here on the Husker Sports Summer. Hope you had a great day today. Here's what we have on the program, and my goodness, what a program we have lined up for you tonight. Here in a couple of minutes, going to catch up with the head basketball coach of the Cornhuskers, Fred Hoiberg, a lot, and I mean a lot to talk about with the coach. We have not caught up with him since the end of the season, so a lot to break down, new names on the roster, some returners that we didn't know we would get back, a shakeup of the staff. What about recruiting going here June 1st with the reopening of the recruiting channels by the NCA? So just a ton to get to with Coach Hoiberg. Can't wait to jump on with him here in just a couple of minutes to get you all up to date on Husker basketball. Hour number two, QB1 going to be here, Adrian Martinez. Ben had a chance to catch up with Adrian a little bit earlier today. He and his teammates back in town now. Everybody reported back on Monday to get going with summer conditioning. So the guys had two weeks off after the May 1st spring game to finish up finals, head home for a little bit, kiss their moms, see their friends, and then get back to town and get ready for the 2021 season, which opens up late August against Illinois. So a lot to cover with Adrian Martinez. Ben will have that sit-down chat with him coming up in the second hour of the show. Also in hour number two, we're going to go beyond the headlines. Third hour. <clears throat> Anybody want to sub in? Face off tonight? That's, uh, this is the rubber match. Myself and Austin tonight. So we'll have some fun with that. We'll have our flicks picks as well later on in the third hour of the program. You want to be a part of it, of course, it's your show, 531-500-4686, either with a call or a text. As you can text us on our U.S. Cellular text line, proud to be the official wireless sponsor of the Huskers U.S. Cellular Connecting Husker Nation. Same number applies for the text line at 531-500-4686. Well, Ben, let's start with Ireland. We've had Bill Moose on a couple of times since the announcement came out that the Illinois game was not going to happen in Ireland. And he kind of hinted that, yeah, we're still looking at something down the road. Well, that something became a reality today. I think it's pretty apparent, don't you, that the folks in Ireland want Husker Nation to come to come on their shores and, and uh, experience Ireland and, and watch their Cornhuskers play over there. Yeah, it was uh, pretty evident that of that when they were talking about uh, the Illinois game, um, whenever that announcement came down and they came to Lincoln and had the press conference, uh, they were blown away by the support of Nebraska football. And I know there were a lot of, uh, you know, people that jumped at the opportunity to get tickets and, um, you know, to, to have that experience. And I think that's that's part of the reason why it's so exciting is because it's a great opportunity 
for the players to go get an experience of um, of a lifetime and, and being someplace completely new. And, you know, most of them would never go there in their lives if it wasn't for this opportunity. So, yeah, today was an exciting day for Husker football. This was going to be a Northwestern home game, so that goes away. That was to be have been played October the 8th of 2022 so northwestern's the one giving up the home game it's not a nebraska home game it's a northwestern home game and the same thing was the case this august with illinois if that had happened it was illinois home game not nebraska so don't worry if you're worried if you're a season ticket holder worried about one of losing one of your seven chances to see the oscars play inside memorial stadium that is not the case this is was to be and will be Northwestern's home game. So Nebraska will be the visiting team in this game over in Ireland. But again, mark it on your calendar, August 27, 2022. Uh, a lot of people probably had already been signed up for some of those uh, excursions and all that that was going on. Um, the, the, the travel packages at this time are available through travel or hospitality packages. Fans can put down a $250 a deposit for their ticket and travel packages at collegefootballireland.com, uh, first-come, first-served basis. So if you want to get in on it, collegefootballireland.com is the place to go to find uh, ticket packages. Maybe you want to do a little tour uh, outside of Dublin beforehand. The teams are expected to go over a few days early and kind of soak up the culture. Obviously, let their body clocks catch up to them when they get over there because it is a pretty big shift in time difference. So it will be a, a, a nice trip for the players to go and experience somebody else's culture. Do I'm sure they'll have some team activities planned while they're over there uh, for that game. So there you go. There's the date. Again, collegefootballireland.com, the ticket package, uh, the website to go get information about ticket packages for that. Uh, and the date of it again is August 27, 2022. That was the big announcement today. Programming note, we will have our monthly sit-down with the Athletic Director Bill Moose next Tuesday night at 6. So at this time on Tuesday's show will be our monthly sit-down with the AD, and we'll, I'm sure, talk about this and along with a bunch of other things with Nebraska's Athletic Director. So that was the big announcement as it came out today. Huskers are going to head to Ireland a year later than what was first forecast, but it should be an amazing trip headed over there for uh, for the Huskers. Speaking of amazing, Ben, um, I, I didn't make it to the end of the game. I watched all the highlights today. You asked me last time before we left the air, am I going to stay up for the Lakers-Warriors? I kind of wish I had, but I got tired and went to bed. Uh, what a finish. Huh? I mean, LBJ uh, made sure to punch the Lakers tickets into the full-blown playoffs with a dagger three at the end of that game. That was some pretty good theater for the NBA last night. Good duel between Steph Curry and, and LeBron James. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen Steph get a shot off at the end, uh, but everybody uh, watching the game and a part of the game knew that he was going to get the ball in that last um, 2.1 seconds. So that was unfortunate that you know he he couldn't get a shot off. But um, yeah, great game. I, I've always been a big LeBron guy, but man, when he when he acts the way that he does, sometimes it's you just roll your eyes, right? I mean. Laying on the on the floor for ten minutes because he got poked in the eye, and then the whole I was seeing three baskets thing and th- seeing three rims and just uh, just so dramatic. I mean, <laughs> um, just a little little too much for me. But yeah, it was a great shot, unbelievable shot. Um, you know, just kind of adds to his his legacy, I guess. Even though this isn't you know for a championship or or you know significant game but but not you know uh, some of the 
importance of the other games in his career. But, yeah, I mean, Steph Curry said it best. Great players make great shots, and that's exactly what it was. And the Warriors aren't done. They have a chance to come kind of back around and play. They get they get Memphis at home and still for a chance to get into the tournament. Uh, Lakers now go play Phoenix. What do you think Phoenix' reaction to that thing <laughs> That thing last night was? Oh, I mean, I think they were, they <laughs> were kind of like the Lakers. Yeah, kind of like all of us. Great, we get the Lakers. The the back to the East tonight for that play-in tournament. Indiana Washington winner is in. Loser season is over. That one, uh, as Josh mentioned, and the ticker tips off at the top of the hour. So uh, that'll be a, a lot of fun in there. And hey, we had yet another no hitter in Major League Baseball last night. We had, there was a question during our buy sell segment last night. Was it Tim's? Was that right? Yeah, was I it think Tim's it was. Question? about would there be another no-hitter before the end of the month or, or or would it come from a National League pitcher? Well, it didn't come from a National League pitcher. It came from the Yankees' Corey Kluber, who uh, put the whitewash up against the Texas Rangers. And so we can't go a couple days without a no-hitter in baseball. This is crazy. And now you're getting some people that are really kind of concerned, Ben, about have whatever they've done to the baseball or whatever, has it changed the game too much to one side? Are you, are you in that camp yet, or are you okay with – with some of these gems that are being thrown in in baseball right now, uh, I don't I don't know. I mean, it just it seems it seems absolutely outrageous right now, right? I mean, of of what's happening, the amount of no hitters, and it's just it's just, it is crazy. It is really crazy. Um, the strikeout numbers are are eye popping, and they've been trending up for years, and the home run numbers are obviously way up and that's something that's that's definitely been been the case so it um it is a little worrisome and it, you know I, look everybody likes to watch home runs in baseball but i don't think a lot of very many casual or non-baseball fans like to sit there and watch guys strike out a bunch or or not put the ball in play that's that's the big problem that baseball is facing right now is just the lack of balls in play and it's, it's just power on power and so it's yeah, it's it's becoming a little worrisome. You know, and I the sabermetrics started, you know, really infiltrating the game 10, 15 years ago, and their big motto was don't worry about strikeouts. Strikeouts don't matter. I've never felt that because I believe that there's value in putting the ball in play, make the team make a play on you putting the ball in play, moving base runners. Uh, but sabermetrics are pretty much strikeouts don't really matter. And so now you've got guys that are worried about their launch angle. They're worried about just swinging big, trying to get home runs. And and then, conversely, pitching staffs have gone more to power arms, trying to get strikeouts. So I think we've kind of hit an intersection here of where some people wanted the game to go and where it is right now. That That's kind of how I see it. I don't know that I see a lot of guys shortening their swing with two strikes. I don't see a lot of great approaches at the plate other than I'm just trying to I'm just trying to knock this out of the park for a two run home run or a solo home run, whatever it is. I kinda I feel like we've kinda hit an intersection of that. And, and and baseball sports has a way of kind of correcting itself out. I think it will. I'm not bothered by it. I would rather see a one nothing, two one game than I really would eight six. You're I think you're on the other side of that. I think you love offense. And and I, hey, I don't don't mind eight six games sometimes, but 
I, I love the beauty and purity of, of every every at bat. There's so much at stake because you know runs aren't going to be coming across at a wild rate tonight. But we maybe have gone a little bit too far. But I think it's because of what the emphasis from both batting and pitching has become in the sport. And so I don't know that we should be surprised uh, by what baseball has turned into. All right, so those are some of the things we have here on the program tonight. Certainly looking forward to hearing from Fred Hoiberg and from Adrian Martinez. So a lot to get to here on the show tonight. And if you want some thoughts, comments about any of the headlines of the day, 531-500-4686. We're back to talk to the head coach next. We're back here on a Thursday night edition of Sports Nightly here on the Oscars Sports Network. Our last show of the week tomorrow night, baseball from Bloomington. Oscars in Indiana as Nebraska heads to that Indiana pod. They'll play the Hoosiers twice and the Buckeyes twice. Uh, over the weekend in Bloomington. So full weekend of baseball coming up. But we're going to sh- shift gears and talk some college basketball. And we are thrilled, delighted to have the head coach of the Cornhuskers with us here tonight, Fred Hoiberg. Hey, coach, hope you're doing well. You got you and your family. Wow, what a month you got going on here. You got college graduations, high school graduations. You got a, you, It's a busy time there in the Hoiberg household, isn't it? It has been. It's been uh, it's been a lot of fun, though, Greg. We were able to go up to East Lansing and, and see Jack in his graduation ceremony and uh, get him all moved out and on to his next phase, which he's going to transfer and play uh, his last year. Well, he's got two to play uh, to go down to Texas Arlington, where he'll start grad school. So I'm proud of him, excited for him. Uh, twins have both uh, graduated from Pius now and, and uh, looking forward to what's next for them with Sam uh, walking on and playing here for the Huskers and uh, Charlie, who actually had a great golf meet. He won the districts uh, shooting a 68 in, uh, in his uh, last golf meet. And then Sam shot a 73. So they're on the the state tournament now up in Norfolk. And uh, our daughter is home for all the graduation ceremonies that we're going to have over the weekend. So yeah, it certainly is an exciting time for our family. Oh, fantastic. And I'm glad you're getting to soak some of that up a little bit. Big, This is the toughest question of the day for you. Do you get strokes now when you go out and play? Do the boys give you some shots? I, I don't even play with them anymore, Greg. They hit by me 100 <laughs> yards. It just completely takes away it takes away my confidence. But, yeah, if we do play, I absolutely uh, get not only some – I get a lot of strokes from those guys now. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, let's talk about your team. As I mentioned, a lot has happened since you wrapped up the season back in March. And, and I want to start with – your two seniors ha- had a decision to make whether to, to take that extra year of eligibility that the NCAA is offering or not, and, and you had a split decision there. Kobe Webster deciding to come back and Thor deciding to go and, and try to, to play some pro ball over in Europe. Take, take me through those two guys' decisions and your thoughts about that. Yeah, you know, for, first of all, but Thor, he, he was awesome and really represented uh, our program in, in such a first-class way, uh, you know, going all the way back to when Coach Miles brought him over as, as a freshman from Iceland. And just, you know, was really proud of Thor for the way that he finished off his senior year. He had a great uh, junior season, you know, really helped us in our transition, you know, with being the only player back uh, from the previous year's roster that had had any experience and he was phenomenal for our guys, great leader, um, you know, this year basically with a whole new roster and going through the whole COVID uh, fiasco that we did. Uh, you know, he was a rock and was always a guy that you could trust that was always going to be in the right spot and uh, make the right play and was really pleased with how he finished the year. Shot the ball at a really high clip, was over 40% for most of the year last year, 
the pre- previous season and then this this past season uh you got off to a little bit of a tough start shooting the ball but really finished uh really playing some of the best basketball of his career making plays he was our leading assist guy uh the last six weeks of the season and gave him a little momentum uh, heading into uh, what will be his next phase of his professional career and talked to several agents that were really high on Thor and think he's got an opportunity to really do well uh, over in the European leagues. So he's playing right now in the playoffs uh, in Iceland with a club team that he grew up playing in. And, you know, hopefully he plays well, can, can get some uh, good footage to show, uh, you know, some of those other teams where he'll start his professional career. Uh, as far as Kobe, we're, we're really excited to have him back. Uh, another guy that played really good basketball the second half of the season after the new year, he shot over 40% from the three-point line. Uh, you know, a guy that has experience playing at this level. And, you know, I'm really, uh, for the first time, uh, excited about having some continuity back and Kobe being a big part of that uh, with, I think, having 80% of our scoring uh, back on this year's roster. But, uh, you know, having Kobe, a guy that really understands our system, uh, you know, especially, again, that second half of the season where it really took off uh, with his numbers. We put him in the starting lineup, started really on senior night with he and Thor, and we kept those guys in there uh, for the remainder of the season where we probably played our best basketball of the year. So, yeah, it will certainly be good to have, have a guy like Kobe back because of his experience. You, you've hit that transfer portal here in the, in the last two months, finding Keon Edwards out of DePaul and then C.J. Wiltshire from Xavier. How about the, the addition of those two guys to your program? Yeah, two two uh, really skilled players, Greg. Two guys that can really shoot uh, the basketball. Um, you know, started with CJ. He he was a guy that got good quality minutes a year ago and had some very good shooting games. Uh, you know, a guy that's got a high basketball IQ, good strong body, tough kid uh, out of New York, and uh, you know, again, a guy that can really stretch the floor and space the floor. And I think that's something that we've done uh, this offseason is, is really improve the shooting. Um, for our group this season, and you know that's as important as anything. We got a lot of open looks a year ago uh, when we made them. We had a chance to win, and, and we did win some of those games. Uh, but we need to be more consistent in that area, and I think we've addressed that with uh, some of the signings. And you know, starting with CJ and with Keon, a uh, guy that was ranked in the top 50 in his class. He enrolled mid-semester last year at DePaul. And they had, uh, you know, ups and downs all year as far as COVID is concerned, where they had multiple shutdowns. Uh, He gets to campus. He had to quarantine for two weeks before he was even able to join the team and start practicing. So he didn't really get a lot of time on the floor, but it wasn't because of his ability. It was more because of the circumstances of, uh, you know, COVID and what went on last year in college basketball. So, uh, you know, we're adding a really, really talented, skilled player, great kid. Both these guys are unbelievable workers. Anytime you try to get a hold of them, uh, they're in the gym. But, you know, again, two guys that will give us experience, and that's very important, um, you know, to add players like that that have been through, uh, you know, some highs and lows already in their college careers. So two, two really good additions to our program. Well, that's not the only additions. You've gone to the high school ranks to go find a couple of more players, and one's a big one, the seven-footer Oleg Koyanitz. What can you tell us about Oleg? Yeah, Oleg, uh, kind of similar to when we got Eduardo a little bit later in the process a year ago, and a guy that, uh, you know, when the end of the season happened, he's got the most upside of anybody on a roster. But, you know, I think the game where he really – uh, kind of took off and put himself in the rotation was our game at Minnesota, where we came back from a double-digit deficit. We took a lead 
a big part of that was when we put Eduardo in the game. And, you know, you see his length, you see his athletic ability to get up and down the floor, um, you know, but what really impressed us as that season went on, he did a ton of skill development, weight room. We put him on the scout team to get him a lot of reps uh, and really understand what the league is all about. And, you know, it really helped get him in shape, you know, especially after our shutdown. And he was one of the first guys on the team that came down with the virus and, you know, probably recovered a little bit quicker than the rest of the guys. So that put him a little bit ahead. And when he went out, got opportunity, took full advantage of it. And he's had a great spring, Greg. And, you know, he's put on about 20 pounds already. He's really worked on his shot. He's got very good mechanics, uh, really working on his range. He's been shooting a lot of threes with, with Nate Lenzer, who's our new assistant coach. And I'm really excited about Eduardo's future. As I said, he's got as good an upside because of his dimensions. He's you know seven feet tall with a seven five wingspan, and as he continues to add skill to his game uh, and understanding and being through a year now in the Big Ten, uh, that's great experience for him. So yeah, we're we're looking forward to Eduardo's sophomore year, uh, where I think he's got a chance to have a breakout season. And the latest addition to your roster is a, a guard from New York City who did some prep school work in the state of Missouri, and that's Karan McPherson. What about this young fella? Yeah, and sorry, going back to – I got off a little bit tangent there talking about Eduardo, but my point was <laughs> with Oleg, uh, you know, gives us a little bit of that, um, you know, skilled, big, seven-foot player uh, that's going to play on his national team this summer. They're still working through some of the FIBA uh, rules the international uh, committee on how they're going to, um, you know, approach the the world championships. But he's going to play in the under 18 and under uh, 19 teams that they've moved forward uh, with that summer. So it should be a great opportunity for Oleg, and we're excited about, uh, you know, his future here at Nebraska. As far as Karan, you know, that's a big physical guard uh, coming in that can really defend and you know shot the ball well. Uh, you know, towards the end of the season last year, uh, but just a really tough kid that will bring a lot uh, to our program as well. Very good. Uh, you, you alluded to Nate Lesnar, the new addition to your staff. Talk about the way you tweaked your staff here in the last two months. Yeah, so Nate was, uh, he's been with me going all the way back to my days at Iowa State and uh, a former college athlete, played baseball at Iowa State and, uh, you know, really a guy that, um when I brought him on really in a film role at Iowa State, he just showed me from the beginning how good he is. A lot of it's because of his work ethic. And, you know, he's he's one of the best that I have ever been around. So I brought him to the Bulls with me the first year as a video uh, guy behind the bench uh, coach. And then the second year, uh, the Windy City Bulls, which is the G League affiliate uh, for the Chicago Bulls, when they came into existence, I, I put Nate as a head coach, and he was absolutely phenomenal. And when you're coaching at that level – you're really in charge of everything. And probably the biggest thing is player development. When you send a guy down, uh, you got to make sure you stay on track uh, with what they've been doing uh, at, at with a big club. And, you know, Nate showed me there that he was as good a player development guy as anybody I have ever been around. He's got a great presence, a really good command of the room when he's presenting as far as a scouting report and a game plan. Uh, just a really sharp uh, person and a great addition. When he, did, he was not retained when Billy Donovan took over I called him the next day and uh you know opened up shuffle reshuffled the staff a little bit to where we could bring Nate on board I, I felt getting the player development guy in here Armand Gates does a great job as well um you know but again Nate is uh is as good as I've ever been around and you can even see the comments of players like Zach Levine you know giving Nate credit for helping him become an all-star uh this year Chris Dunn Derek Rose he's worked with some of the best 
uh, and he's already made a big impact with our guys in the spring. Again, we're visiting with Husker head basketball coach Fred Hoiberg here on Sports Nightly. We're about to get to the month of June, which um, the chains are released. The NCAA is going to open things back up again. How active will you be in the next uh, several months, and how nice is that going to be to kind of get back to some normalcy as far as your recruiting goes? Well, June is going to be a uh, absolutely crazy month. We're really excited. We we've, uh, get the opportunity to get players back on our campus and show everything. You know, you can do it virtually all you want, but to get the the, the potential uh, student athletes on your campus uh, to see all the great things that we have here at Nebraska is very important part of the recruiting process. Uh, it's going to be very busy, but it's also exciting. It's it's a very exciting time. Uh, you know, to try to add the right players uh, to your roster in the future. And we feel really good about the the, the players, the high school kids that we have coming on their visits uh, in the month of June. And then once July hits, uh, they're opening up the recruiting period again. They've got a couple of proposals on how it's going to work. But, you know, to get out on the road again, be able to evaluate and show support to the kids that are really important priorities uh, you know, it's it's going to be good. It, it, it's great, Greg, just to have some normalcy back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not only the recruiting, but also, you know, we really didn't have an off season last year, so we weren't able to work. And you have a whole new team, basically, that you're trying to prep going into the year without much of an off season, besides some individual work, uh, just because of everything going on with the virus. So, you know, to be able to have that this year, we had 46 less practices a year ago uh, because of the shutdown and because of a limited uh, preseason. So, you know, all those things, you know, make for an exciting uh, couple months for us heading into our season uh, when we get started again in September. You mentioned facilities and being able to show those off again. A few weeks ago, they had the big groundbreaking for the Go Big project, which is primarily football, but it is going to impact the rest of the student-athletes. Amy Williams was there to represent the other head coaches and programs on campus. How big of a plus is that going to be when that's up and running with a new training table, new academic wing? How how much is that going to be helpful moving forward? Well, it's huge. You know, all those things matter. And, uh, you know, there, there aren't many programs around the country that can compete with the facilities that we have. And that's an important part of it, not only facilities, but support from our fan base, uh, which I've never seen, uh, you know, the, a, a more passionate fan base across the board in all sports uh, as there is here at Nebraska. It's just amazing uh, to me. And they're there for you. You know, they're there for you, whether you're winning or losing. And, uh, you know, ultimately, you want to put a product on the floor to make your fans proud. So, you know, to have those two things are huge, you know, to get recruits on campus for a football weekend. Uh, you know, that's a big part of it as well. So they can see the overall experience that they will have here if they do decide, uh, you know, to put on a Husker uniform. Um, you know, the new facility uh, that's going up, um, you know, for training table for, um, you know, for the academic center. Uh, it's going to be, you know, total first class all across the board. And, you know, for your student athletes coming to experience that is just phenomenal. All right. Um, la- last two things. Any update you can give us on scheduling for next year? And then what about when, when are you getting the guys back? When do workouts kind of start up for the, for the guys that will be on the current team? Yeah, you know, obviously we've we've had spring workouts. Most of that has been, um, you know, a lot of individual skill, really working on small detail things, uh, reading, pick and roll. You know, what's one thing we have to improve on? If we have any chance of winning and achieving our goals, we have to take better care of the basketball next year. Uh, You know, you're not going to win many games 
uh, more with more turnovers than assists. So we've been working a lot on reading pick and roll coverages, uh, you know, passing, um, you know, footwork, uh, just all the little details, small detail things that are very important. So that's been one thing. Again, we didn't have an opportunity last year with COVID uh, to really work on those small detail things as you get into the practice. There's just so many things you have to do, but we've got so much more time uh, right now, and that's a big emphasis we've had with our guys. So it's been a lot of skill development, you know, some two-on-two things, some closeout work, some defensive uh, concepts that we will take into next year. Uh, when our guys will start arriving on campus uh, that first week of June, I think the the last group will come in on the fourth, which is the Friday, and then we will get to work um, after the medical testing happens on Monday, Tuesday. So I think Wednesday would be our first workout, which I believe is the ninth. Uh, so looking forward to that. Our guys are as well. We got a really good group of kids that are, you know, going to love. They all love being in the gym. Um, you know, so it's that's a great place to start when you got a group that's going to go in there and work and put in extra time on their games. Uh, that's willing uh, to do that. You know, it, it certainly gives you a leg up. Well, Coach, we appreciate the time. Enjoy the family time you have this month with all the graduations. And like you said, normalcy feels so good. It's going to be great to have the, the players back on campus and you can start working with them again. And, and getting recruits on campus is a huge thing. We, we appreciate the time. Have a great summer. Yep. Thanks, Greg. Talk to you soon. Here we are, hour two of our Thursday show of Sports Island. So glad you're with us here tonight. Going to hear from... Adrian Martinez, Huskers starting quarterback here in a couple of minutes. He, along with his teammates, back in town beginning summer conditioning. It all got cranked up on Monday, and then they'll welcome periodically some incoming freshmen who will start showing up here in the coming weeks as the uh, the team starts to build momentum and work ethic, getting ready for the 2021 season, which starts the last Saturday in August in Champaign. We're in, we're at 100 days out from the start of college football. How about that? 100 days and counting. The countdown is on for college football. We'll have that. We'll go beyond the headlines. Josh and Austin will put together some fun topics for us to kick around, and we always have time for you at 531-500-4686 with a call or a text here tonight. And We didn't really hear a lot from Adrian Ben during the spring. A couple times, I think he was made available once to the media uh, or even in post game after the, the the spring scrimmage on May first, he was made available. But still, lots to cover with the guy who's about to begin his fourth season as Nebraska's starting quarterback. Where did that time go? Yeah, hard to believe. Didn't seem like that long ago that he was running out on the field for the first time against the Buffaloes of Colorado and year wonder Coach Frost. But yet here we are. His his career. I mean, as they do when they start as freshmen to the time that they're seniors, it just flies by and. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's been. There's nobody that wants it more than him. That's for sure. And uh, we're lucky enough to chat with him today. And just started out by asking Adrian, you know, after spring ball, if he's had any chance to kick the feet up and relax at all. Yeah, definitely. I, I've taken a. I took a week off. I uh, took a little trip with some buddies and um, had a good time. So that was nice. A little bit of a physical and mental break, but. You can only do that for so long. Uh, I was ready to get back and, and happy to be back at the grind. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like I said, not really a, an off season for you, but when you're not playing, one of the things that um, you and a lot of your teammates are involved with every year is, is our community. You know better than, than anybody how, how much people love the Huskers and love interacting with you guys. And one of the great events that's put on every year, and you know, this started back with the Hoffman family and probably even more meaningful this year, compared to the rest, uh, given the, the tragic loss of, 
of Andy, but uh, the football road race. Tell us a little bit about this, Adrian, and, and why you're a part of it and, and you know, want to be kind of a voice for an event like this. Yeah, well, it's essentially a, a fundraiser for pediatric brain cancer, and, and the entire football team goes out there and supports. Um, and, and anyone willing to, to make a donation or – come participate and have a little bit of fun and do it for a good cause. Um, it's probably the best event of the year, in my opinion, that, that we all get to partake in. And um, one, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, and two, it, it's meaningful and fulfilling. You really go out there and you get to meet a lot of great people with some interesting stories and really leave inspired. Um, and I'm thankful to have played a role in it and setting it up and, and just being a part of it and taking part in it each year. And I'm, I'm really happy that we get to do it in person and get to actually run a little bit out there and and get to have some interactions with fans and and, uh, just people in Nebraska. Adrian, I know one of the the cool parts for you is to see the impact that not just this event, but all the events that you do have on kids. And there's no better one than this. When you guys have your jerseys on and you see the youngsters come up and, you know, high five you and want to take pictures and such, what's that mean to you individually? You know, football aside, just as a person to see – how, how just your presence can, can brighten somebody's day that, that might be going through a, a lot worse than what we have it. A hundred percent. Just as you said, um, it's truly a, a great experience and it puts in perspective for a lot of the guys, including myself, just the impact that you can have um, beyond the football field. You know, it's not all about football and getting to have those interactions and seeing how much it means to some of the people in the state of Nebraska to play football and play for the Huskers and have that red end. Um, it's powerful. You know, it's powerful beyond the football field and it's an experience that I know I cherish and, and the rest of the guys do as well. You were probably uh, n- not exactly caught up to, to speed when you committed here just as some of the other things that come with being a Husker. And it's not it's this place this way other places too, but especially at Nebraska when, as we just talked about, it's so meaningful to people in the community. What has this uh, this part brought to it? I mean, obviously being a quarterback, a lot of the attention is going to go to you, but doing events like this, visiting hospitals, you know, doing these charitable work, you know, things that you didn't necessarily expect or know about when you said yes to come play here. Yeah, well – an event like this means everything to me because it it kind of takes, you know, football is a part of the equation, but it's so much more than that. And, and you're right. You know, I wasn't necessarily up to speed when I first committed here and, and decided to play for the Huskers, but it's been everything and more that I could have ever asked for. And um, it just makes it mean that much more when uh, the people are as passionate about the game and about the success of the program um, it makes it fun. And an event like this, you get to see it 100%. You get to interact with fans that maybe you wouldn't have um, without such an event and without, you know, without, at least especially during COVID too, um, no fans. It just wasn't the same. And I'm glad we're getting kind of back to normal. And this is kind of the first thing we can do to really kick it off um, in that way. Yeah, no question about it. One of the other things that was relatively normal this this year was – you got to play a spring game in front of fans. What was that like after everything you had gone through and your teammates the last 12 months to be able to, to go out there and, and play a little bit in front of some Husker fans and have them get to come watch you play? Well, it was only half full, but it felt like a, a sold-out stadium to me. I know it felt like that to the other guys too. It was, it was awesome. I mean, the energy in there and just um, 
the music pumping and the fans cheering. It, it's hard to beat. It's hard to beat, and I almost forgot what that what that felt like. And it was good to kind of return to some sense of, of normalcy there. And um, I'm excited for the fall. You know, really excited for even more fans to be in the stadiums and uh, um, kind of show our passion as well. Adrian, what has this off season been like? Maybe compared to the last. I know you still have all summer. But, I mean, thinking back to where we were at a year ago to where we're at right now, just, just mentally, you know, being able to have a spring, being able to do the road race, you know, have everything kind of on track and, and ready to go for a very important season for you. What has this just done for you mentally every day, kind of having a little of this, you know, what we were used to back in your life? Uh, I think it's big. Uh, I think it's really helped me and, and really helped the rest of the guys to – be more in a normal type of schedule and have some certainty of what we can expect next year. Um, and that's just the day-to-day stuff and, and also who we're playing, where we're playing, all, the, all that type of stuff. I mean, the things you take for granted, um, they're back. And I feel really good about where we're at as a team and the work we're putting in. And, and a compliment to that is it's just kind of back to the routine of old in a way. There's been some new – obvious some new features and and uh new developments that we've we've been doing offensively defensively and just lifting the whole bit um but it feels great to be back to that to be back to some sort of normal schedule and and uh, the guys are all here we can go go around and do normal things hang out i mean even the the little things again that you take for granted uh, i think adds to it no question well, where are you at right now in your head, you know, mentally, knowing knowing what's in front of you? I mean, you, you've put in more blood, sweat, and tears in this program than than arguably anybody. I know your teammates are right there with you, but this place means a lot to you. You've had to be a mouthpiece of this program, and this is an important season for you and, and for your entire team. Where, just where where is your mind right now as you get ready to enter the summer and then what's going to be this fall? Well, it's it's an amazing opportunity. It truly is, and I and I, you're right. You know, I have put a lot of effort and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into this program, and um, I'm not stopping. You know, I I feel really good. I think we're working harder than ever, and that's a great feeling. And I know it's it, it means a lot for this program this year for myself. And um, all I can really do is focus on the day to day, the one percent better every day. And we do have a saying, day by day, and and that's never been truer for me or the team. And that's the only way I can look at it, the only way we can look at it. And um, I feel good. I feel great. <laughs> I'm just thankful that I have another opportunity to play and, and get to do it at such a great school and, you know, the opportunity to play big-time opponents. The same reasons I, I, I decided to come play here in the first place. I think I'm, I'm getting back to those, those basics. Adrian, there's been a lot of talk this offseason about what you've done to your body. What was your focus this offseason, what you personally wanted to get done with Coach Duvall in the weight room and, and, and feel about how you, how you wanted to feel physically to get through a season? Well, I, I, I did really want to put an emphasis on leaning out, and, and that was really around the premise of, of getting faster and, and um, just honing in on my body, and I feel like I've done that so far, but there's still a lot of work to be done this summer. And the progress I've made um, has been exciting for me personally, and I want to continue to piggyback off that. How have you 
been able to do – I mean, it's so hard to do stuff like that in season, you know, adjust your body weight, do the things that you need to do. How, how have you found where, where you're most, most comfortable with your weight, with what you want to do? How, how do you find that balance of having the strength that you need but also, you know, being able to do the things you want to do, running the ball as well? Yeah, I mean, you hit it on the head. And I think it just comes from experience and, and continuing to play kind of with that concept and what feels best for me. And, that, and that's all-encompassing when it comes to running the ball, throwing the ball, being as strong as I need need to be, and as well as being as fast as I need to be. So um, it's still a process I'm going through right now. Uh, and I feel good about where I'm at with the nutrition staff and the strength staff and, and helping me accomplish that. You've put in a lot of work to this program, but so has a lot of your, your teammates, specifically your offense. And it's got to be a little unique for you looking around and seeing so many new faces in the huddle with Samari having Omar in there consistently, Oliver Martin in there consistently, you know, playing wheel of running backs all spring. I mean, pick your poison with the guy that's lined up next to you. I know Marquise has been on the shelf with an injury, but, you know, you're having to break in some new faces with you on the offense. What's that process been like for you, Adrian, when, you know, you've had to say goodbye throughout your career to Huskers that have played a long time, and now you're kind of ushering in some new skill guys? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely interesting for me. Um, Sorry, I don't know if you can hear that plane (laughs) plane going overhead, but – it's been interesting and exciting. You know, I, I kind of like the challenge, and I think they're super talented. I think it makes it easy. You know, they're really talented. It's not hard. They want to learn, want to get better, and um, all those guys share those same traits. So it's been exciting. It gives me uh, optimism and, and um, you know, feel like we can, we can really do some things with what we're doing new on offense, new things we're doing on offense, as well as the pieces we have to, to complement. Well, it's it's going to be here before you know it, man. It's going to be an exciting year. I know all of us kind of can't wait to get, to get another round of football going and fans to be in the stands and have everything kind of back to normal and root you guys on. It was great to catch up with you. It's been a long time, man. Great to hear your voice and hear that you're doing well. Enjoy your summer. We look forward to seeing you at fall camp, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Adrian Martinez, Nebraska quarterback with us here on Sports Nightly. Um, no one cares more than that guy. And I, I mean, I, it's no secret. Anybody that's listening to the show, no, I'm a huge Adrian, Adrian fan. So hoping he, he comes through and has a big year for us. Just such a mature guy. I mean, I, we noticed that from day one, the first time we sat down and talked to him four years ago. And he's just turned into an outstanding young man. And I just hope the best for him. And I know this road race coming up next month is important to him and his teammates. They really wrap their arms around that cause. And so... If you're a runner, get out there, support that cause, be a part of that race coming up later on in June. Uh, great cause, and this year a little extra special meaning because of, of the passing of Andy Hoffman, Jack's dad, who passed away tragically with cancer a couple of months ago. So, uh, again, kudos to that football team and kudos to Adrian for taking the lead on it this year. 531-500-4686. That's our number here on the program to either call or text. If you text, you're doing it on our U.S. Cellular text line. Proud to be the official wireless sponsor of the Oscars U.S. Cellular Connecting Oscar Nation. Time for us to go beyond the headlines. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. That's the way it is. Good night. Beyond the Headlines.
it is time to go beyond the headlines, and uh, I heard that we wanted some UFO topics. Uh, we had that on <laughs> Tuesday. No UFOs tonight, but it's still our hope that we got uh, topics that are out of this world good. True. Great. Nice. Boom, boom, boom. Welcome, Austin. Thanks. Good to be Austin here. Austin appears twice a week at the comedy shop. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Most people stay seated, keep their mouths shut. They're too busy sipping to laugh. But hey, that's <laughs> what uh, you know. You learn, you grow. Anyways, let's go beyond the headlines. Starting in the National Football League, so reportedly the Atlanta Falcons are looking to trade wide receiver Julio Jones. He's been with the franchise since 2011. So, first question: Did you guys know his real name was Quintoris? No, hmm. no. Must have hmm. missed that memo. Yes, so that's uh, something I found when I was looking at his sports reference page for the question. Anyways, the main question, is Julio still the best Alabama receiver in the pros, and do you think any of their recently drafted guys will have a better career than him? Hmm. There's a lot of them to pick from. Yeah, there are. are. Man. Uh, Two years ago, that answer is an easy yes. I don't know that it is anymore, right? I think there's some other guys that have really kind of come up the ladder on him. Um, Amari Cooper? Is he there yet? No. He's he's too inconsistent for me. Julio, I mean, Julio, Julio is a borderline Hall of Famer. Right, so. that's what I was going to say. He maybe isn't quite there yet, but he is. He a guy some- that's hot on his heels is his teammate, Calvin Ridley. Yep. True. Uh, he had a big year last year. Um, I think Amari Cooper is probably in that conversation. Close. The, the yeah. other guys are are too young, I think. Do you Smith and Waddle get to that level? I was eventually? gonna say if you could pick one of those young guys, who would you pick to overtake? Is is Judy an uh, Alabama guy? He yes. Is. Yes. Yep. He's. I would say if Judy between had a better Waddle and Smith, it, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sold on Henry Ruggs. I think he got no I a tough spot at, at Vegas. So, um, trying to decide between who, who would I rather have between Devontae Smith and. Jalen Waddle. Well, mm-hmm. Smith's unproven yet. You got to see him in a year in the league, right? Well, Waddle too. I mean, yeah. Waddle hasn't. Yeah. Um, of the current guys, Judy would be probably my top. Well, Judy or Cooper. I might take guys. Ridley over both of them. Yeah. Would you? Yeah. I mean, Amari Cooper's had some really, really good years, but if Calvin Ridley continues on the trajectory that he was on. Because he was just a two second year guy last year, mm-hmm. right? Um, is there anybody? Yeah, Julio Julio's still in a class on his own of that bunch. Is there anybody still at Alabama that is up and coming? <laughs> that's the next in line. Like, is there somebody that we're missing here? Uh, John Mechie would probably yeah. be the next one. Yeah. Well, last year Ridley had ninety catches compared to Jones's fifty. Yeah, but Julio Jones played. He was hurt half the games. He was hurt. He played nine games. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Good so question, numbers though. were better last year. That's a good question. Yeah. Bottom line is, is that there's a lot of Alabama guys that are good <laughs> at football. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll move on to topic number two here. The Indy 500 is coming up at the end of the month. Earlier today, there was a practice run at uh, Indy and a at the Brickyard. A trio of cars had slowed down on the front stretch in order for some photographers to take pictures of them. But unfortunately, a pair of cars behind them nearly crashed into that trio they didn't really see that they had slowed down and they kind of had to pull off and check for damages to their cars they thankfully there was they avoided catastrophe but not by very much it was kind of a dangerous situation they're going you know 200 plus miles per hour and then 
they slow way down. So a couple questions here. Have you guys ever gotten in the way at a sporting event, done something to kind of get in the way of the action? And then also a second question, if you could pick one athlete, who would be the most likely to pose for a picture in the middle of a sporting event? Just stopping in the middle of action and pose for one. Does taking a charge oh, count as stopping in no, the middle of the action? No, as a, as a media member or a fan, spectator, have you ever gotten in the way? Yeah, I, I've shot some high school football video shot and gotten run over, you know, tapped. Yeah. You don't get out of the way in time. And again, but I'm, you're not on the field of play, so that may well, not hopefully count. not. <laughs> yeah. The clo- yeah, I mean, I the closest I came was the duck running me over. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the closest. <laughs> I mean... And what? That, I mean, I don't. I still to this day want to ask, dude. Like, did you see me? Like, why? <laughs> you know, like, could was that was that planned? Like, what's what, what was the deal there? Yeah. Um, that's probably the closest I've got. Who would take a photo? Yeah, like you know, you, I'm trying to think of a situation <laughs> even, but you know, I, 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 I feel like it's got to be basketball. Yeah, I agree, Austin. Row. How about this name, Cam Mack? Okay. Remember yeah, how he would yeah. do the little, air, you know, he would do the little whatever that little thing he would do after he made <laughs> yeah. a three or something. <laughs> yep. I could see him just turning and looking over to like Kent and Jake and posing right there for those guys <laughs> after he made one of his shots. Yeah. That's how about good. like a like a Ron Artest? Sure. Or a Meta World Peace, if yeah. you will. <laughs> I I think he goes by uh, what is it now? Meta Meta Artest Meta, or something? No, it, yeah, he's kind of he's blended them. He combined yeah, he's them. Com- yeah. Yep. Meta Sandiford Artest. There you oh go. Oh, my goodness. Go. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Is there a worse tradition than the winner of the Indy 500 having a down a gallon of milk? Pint yeah. of milk or whatever that is. <laughs> Gee, many. God. <laughs> it almost makes you want to not win just because of it that. It does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, that was – thankfully, nothing terrible happened. But, man, come on. Like, they were just – it was all. It was three cars that were all owned, you know, all from the same owner, and they were all together driving down the front stretch and slowed down. I think the story said from like 220 miles per hour down to like 130. So they slowed down by 100 miles per hour. These other two cars come flying around at 220 and almost crash into them. So Goodness. good, not good. Yikes. Well, speaking about cars that go very fast, uh, sports car luxury car manufacturer Bugatti released its own model of a pool table earlier this month. And what makes it special is that this pool table is designed to be used on a yacht. The pool table has sensors that adjust the legs within five milliseconds to account for the movement due to waves. So when you guys own your yachts someday, take them out to Lake McConaughey (laughs) or Holmes Lake, what games and entertainment are you putting on board? I saw this, and it yes. doesn't it go for like three hundred k? Yeah, yes, three hundred k for a pool yep. table. Yeah, with sensors. That Which I mean, itself. for people who are owning yachts, it's probably the best part about this is you know this has come up. Like dudes have a pool table on their yacht, and they're going, "This is BS. I can't hit this <laughs> cue ball in because we're hitting waves. We got to come up with something that's you know yeah. what I mean." Like, yeah, this was right. obviously a problem on somebody's yacht, right? <laughs> so they so they came up with this pool table as a solution and instead like, of ima- imagine yeah. that being your biggest worry is why you can't <laughs> play a fair game hit of the pool. eight ball in the corner pocket right. because you, you hit a wave yeah instead <laughs> of buying a new yacht that is more you know better they they create a three hundred thousand dollar pool table to fix yeah. the problem so yeah. anyway what was the question what, game? <laughs> so if you're, what, what games and entertainment are you putting on your yacht someday cornhole give me a little cornhole on the boat you gotta have that yeah 
You'd have to short toss it because my yacht wouldn't be very long. <laughs> oh, come on. Well, here's um, the thing. The average price of a yacht, $8.4 million. Well, Your smaller 40-foot models are the same price as that pool table at $300,000. So. I, I, I guess $300,000. might be able to buy a, you know. <laughs> the, the pool table would be hard to get a good shot, right? Because your boat would be rocking back and forth. I mean, it would right. really add to the, the difficulty of the game. Yeah. I think the uh, yeah ping pong table would be fun ping even pong. without the yeah. you know the rocking back and forth that makes it more fun like it keeps you on balance and I don't well, feel like you could, could like make you nauseous depending on what, what know, activities you're partaking. That's in. true. Good <laughs> could point. I put up a rock wall? Please do it. There you go. It's your yacht. I mean, I, I definitely want like a like a mini like a mini basketball hoop like yeah even with you, the waves some, again some, something you can oh, yeah. dunk on and sure. test yeah. your balance. Why not? Yeah. Why not? It, it would also be fun to do like uh, set up like a golf mat and like have Ooh. like those floating golf balls and be able to just launch golf balls into the ocean. Cool. I think that'd be cool. All right. All right. Oh, come on now. You're, you're hitting them in the fish. Remember George Costanza <laughs> and Seinfeld and Kramer was out there hitting them in and George had to go save the whale. What I'm saying uh, is Austin that's why I said well. the floating golf balls. They, you know, you've got those, they've got those water ones that float to the top, <laughs> and you can go scoop them out with a net. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. All right. Let's move on to topic number four and the PGA Championship first round complete. This story about Ricky Fowler as he heads into play at the PGA. He said that he overcame a slump, which was really, I feel like, a slump of several years. But he's been practicing with and playing against Michael Jordan a lot recently. And he says that he generally gives MJ 10 strokes when they compete against each other. But there's still fierce competition. And he said that Jordan has helped push him harder and be more competitive. So he did actually open up play today in the PGA with a one under par. So which past or present athlete, any sport, would be able to best motivate you guys if you competed against them in something. Hmm. Wow. Obviously, MJ is one of the best competitors, but oh maybe maybe he wouldn't be the one. Like, you know, you're taking him on and, you know, ping pong, for instance, or pool. Maybe he wouldn't be the best person to motivate you. Maybe somebody else would. Who? Which athlete do you think would be able to figure wow. you out and get you motivated to play well? <laughs> I mean... I'm not going to suggest this guy for me because I know he, he would motivate me for the wrong reasons. <laughs> uh, but like Tim Tebow, like I think he could, you know, he would be the perfect guy to motivate somebody. Sure. You know, you'll never see anybody work harder than I will work. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's amazing how much, how much of a firestorm he's oh become the last couple of weeks over things. He's Such just trying a to make a football ride. team, and he's doing it as a tight end. He's not even trying to make it as a quarterback. <laughs> uh, wow, this is a, this is a good question. Um, and I, I would I would probably not handle somebody that would get like a Ke- Kevin Garnett would not I would not handle <laughs> right. that. Well, that's what, I think like he would be too much in my face. I feel like this is a different answer for different people. Like maybe it's somebody that you look up to and would yep. you'd, you'd want to impress them maybe, and so that would motivate you. Or maybe it is somebody like a Tim Tebow who would. I feel like I feel like a Patrick Mahomes would be good for me. Sure. Like, <laughs> yeah, he would no, be a good, good motivator, but also like anything you do with Patrick Mahomes, you're going to be want to really be really good at. Sure. I'll go Let's to just the, keep making Tim mad. I, I would <laughs> go with like a Peyton Manning. I think he would be a guy that would be fun. You know, I think he would. He would urge you on, but I think he would try to help you become better because he knows it would make the team better. Sure. 
See, I'll go to the opposite end of the spectrum. Like, obviously, you have the greats, and you know, you want to impress them. But I would almost choose like a scrub, some quad A guy who's just hanging on. Like, you'd be watching these guys, these guys on TV. Like, why aren't you swinging the bat? What are you looking at? Like, I feel like that would motivate me to be better. Like, yeah. I mean, I feel like I can at least do what he's doing, right? But then, so you're talking like a baseball player? I was going to say, I don't know, a baseball player, someone you know, hanging on in the G League, the 15th roster spot yeah. in the NBA. I, I will say practice that squad guy in the NFL. This isn't a direct motivation, but there was a you know several years back, I was out playing basketball at our apartment. This is when we were living together, Ben and Steve Harley, the former Husker, came out and I started playing me one on one, and that was that was pretty motivating. I'm not saying that he was a scrub, but he was <laughs> well past his prime, so that was a. Uh, yeah, that sure still had this. I mean, I've seen you play basketball, and I've I'm, also st- seen Steve Harley play basketball, <laughs> and so I'm imagining still the, the teams were pretty uneven, even it if was it was a one on one. Yes, it was one on one. It was not. Yeah, it was not even. Um, yeah, not even. All right. Topic. I thought I'd score some points with Austin by picking his guy, Peyton Manning. Oh, he liked oh, absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, he brought a smile to his face. <laughs> Hard not to be motivated. By I would that just want to hang, even if he wasn't motivating, just to hang around him. Like, oh yes, he could be talking crap to me the whole time, and I'd still love it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he would be talking crap to you the whole time, <laughs> and you'd still love it. Yeah. All right, so back to baseball here. So last night, Nationals manager Davey Martinez pulled out a classic mad manager trick. He went out and pulled up first base while arguing with the umpires. <laughs> so what's your favorite angry manager tactic, and then what's your favorite base in baseball? <laughs> home plate. <laughs> yeah, home plate. Uh, oh, there's some classic video. I mean, the grenade. It's hard to beat <laughs> yeah. the grenade. The resin bag grenade. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't it Bobby Valentine who got ejected and came back in disguise and yeah. tried to yes. sit on the bench <laughs> with the mustache and the big nose? Yeah. Did you guys see the video of that kid, um, the kid manager, in a, like one of those summer league baseballs? leagues that would get kicked out he was no. like six years old oh wow oh, and he what? was like he would like dress up and like go yell at the umpires wow oh, what, what was his name <laughs> I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to look it up and find yeah. it it's hilarious get back to us on that yeah it, it's uh i need to see that yeah it's it's great okay here yeah here uh let's see i'll send you guys the youtube video but All yeah right. he yeah it's one of the uh it looks like a kalamazoo team and the yeah, he did the little kid just goes crazy. I'm te- nice. texting you guys a link right now. Love it. <laughs> I was gonna say one of great. my favorite moves probably is just the classic like going to the plate and kicking dirt on it. Dirt like, all over. It's, it. Yeah. it doesn't matter what you if the dirt's covered or not covered, you're gonna call it wrong anyway. Um, so I'll cover <laughs> yeah. it for you. You don't yeah. see as many ejections anymore because of replay, right? I True. Mean, that's kind of taken the the temperature right. out a lot. And, of those and things. so it's only arguing balls and strikes for the right. most part. So and if you're arguing balls and strikes, then you're gone anyway. So I, I, Rocco uh, Baldelli. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always loved it when they uh when, when they took the bats to things like Ortiz took the bat to the to the phone and the uh <laughs> was that at Camden when he did that? Yeah, I'm trying I think to remember so. that in yeah. Baltimore destroyed the phone <laughs> anytime a kool-aid jug gets ripped to the ground is great all that stuff i'm, I'm all for it yep good stuff <laughs> all right this next story is a feel-good story that comes from virginia where a sheriff's deputy deputy rescued a woman from an overturned car by flipping it over all on his Heard own 
The yeah. scene was caught on video as Deputy John Holt approached the upside-down car, and a child is heard yelling that their mother is trapped under the car. Holt first grabbed a second child who was still in the car. He got that kid out, and then he lifted the vehicle off of the trapped woman. It's a pretty remarkable story, and of course, all the kudos in the world to Holt. But a few questions for you guys. They talk about mothers getting you know superhuman strength in situations where their child is in trouble. Have you guys experienced this? in any way yourselves as dads and then also what's the most impressive show of strength that you've ever witnessed outside of athletics mm. just in everyday life greatest show of strength oh man i'm not so like are we talking about like me doing something to no save? it could be anybody else you could you know you could be walking by somebody some random guy doing something crazy well if you were well, tim it's what you're what you're doing of course but you're not tim so <laughs> there might be someone else i mean this is this is for somebody else i mean uh, I was a little kid and I was swimming and obviously I couldn't swim by myself and I got really impatient. And I got tired of waiting for my mom. So I just jumped in the deep end, like with nobody there. I couldn't swim, just jumped in and the lifeguard had to save me. So Ooh, wow. kudos to that person. Man. No kidding. <laughs> I, I don't, I, you know, greatest shows of strength, I, you know, I remember we had a question about men's gymnastics. The guys who do the the rings, uh, that that just is amazing how they can lift themselves up and do that stuff. And you're sitting there going, there, there's no way I could even get my body. I couldn't hang on to it very long, yeah. let alone pull myself up. That I, I'm just amazed when I watch male gymnasts do the rings. I have a friend that's a, I wouldn't say he's a bodybuilder, but he, he lifts weights and he he's a weight train. He's like a personal trainer. I got to watch him help me move once. That was pretty impressive. <laughs> I mean, he would carry like three times the amount of stuff I would down and not even be breaking a sweat. I'd be carrying one box and be like, yeah, I need a, I need a breather. Yeah. So yeah, that was that came in clutch to have a friend. Can be that humbling. Could do that that yes. can be real humbling. When you're yeah, when you're helping people move or people are helping you, you always that's. Always a good situation to figure out who who does the. Yeah. Josh, that us moving that wooden memorial <laughs> stadium was a big show of oh strength too. Yeah, we almost died that day. Like, <laughs> literally, <laughs> we're not joking. I feel bad for the subway that we walked into. Yeah, uh, looking like we did, <laughs> like we had just literally <laughs> run forty miles in a hundred degree heat, yep. and we looked like we were just dying. Yep. Good stuff, boys. Huh. Well done. But we got one more. Oh, sorry. Quickly, quickly yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. All right. So uh, earlier today, the NBA announced that LeBron's triple-double from last night and Jason Tatum's 50-point performance uh, won't be recorded in the league's playoff record books. And baseball had a similar sort of conundrum this year when Madison Bumgarner had his seven-inning no-hitter. Uh, it doesn't count toward the all-time total. So where do you guys come down on if the play-in tournaments and baseball's wild-card games count as playoff games? They should. I think they should. Yeah. I think they Full should. regulation agree. games. I mean, a bunch of teams are eliminated. They're not. I think it, the games matter. So, yeah, I think they should count. Agreed. Definitely. Absolutely. I mean, I have a problem with the seven-inning thing in baseball, but I yes. don't with this. I mean, this is – the record season's over. You know, mm-hmm. some 14 teams or whatever are done. They're finished. So, this right. is the start of it. And you to continue, you need – I think it's absolutely – it's kind of like people arguing that the play-in – the uh, first four in the NCAA tournament isn't really an NCAA tournament game. Yeah, it is. No, yeah, you yeah, got selected. Is. You're there. You're in. It's dumb. Yeah. yeah. 100% agree on that. Anytime yeah. other teams are eliminated and you're not, it's right. a play. It's got to matter. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Here we are. Final hour of the night. 
Final hour of the week. We have Husker baseball tomorrow night from Bloomington, Indiana, the beginning of that pod. 6 o'clock pregame coverage, 7 o'clock first pitch. Huskers and Hoosiers tomorrow night at 7. Noon on Saturday, it's Ohio State and Nebraska. 5.30 then Saturday late afternoon. It's back to the Hoosiers and noon again on Sunday with Ohio State. So four games, three days, two different teams, two games each team. Looking forward to this one. It'll be a big weekend, just two weekends left in the regular season of Big Ten Baseball, and your Huskers lead it by a game over Michigan, a game and a half over Indiana. Going to get into the face-off. It's the rubber match between myself and Austin to try to keep the trophy, or does Austin wrestle it back for me? We'll have that later on in the hour. Our flicks picks as we see what's on everybody's screens, and we'll have some open phones open uh, for you to be a part of the program as well. But let's get her going with the face-off. It's time for face-off. Let's go. Mano a mano. You, me, right here. Right now. Now, here are your hosts, Josh Hilkeman and Ben McLaughlin. Here we are again. Greg, you set it up. The rubber match. Week one of this matchup. Austin whipped you, and then you returned the favor last week. Five to one defeats. And honestly, like both times, it was probably could have been sweeps the way you guys both dominated so i have no idea what to expect this week but that's why we play the game we'll we'll figure out who the true champion is tonight that is all right (laughs) here we go how are we feeling during this Are any of us excited when we have to play it's it's (laughs) sad it's it's like nobody wants to play i know it's like (laughs) it's a blast to ask the questions it is yes i was just dreaming to get back into this situation and it's yeah it's so much fun but i just try not to get in my own head too much about it where i want to be excited you know it's fun but i don't want to you know overhype myself come out too flat because i'm too hyped up i told austin that he should just picture that he's playing tim instead of you greg and then maybe he'll (laughs) this kind of goes back to that beyond the headlines question who would you want to motivate you and austin said he would want to play a scrub so i said you know picture that you're playing tim tonight (laughs) Well, is it was that go. Tim that called at the end of the last? I hour? think so. It had to be right, or or, or maybe a, a friend of his that he was like, "Hey, will you do me a favor and call in and just talk about Tom Brady for a little uh, bit?" Let's planted phone call. Yeah, ben I was so. deathly silent during the whole call. <laughs> I know. Sit there and <laughs> I know. All right, dumbfounded. Well, let's uh, let's <laughs> jump into the action here. Question number one: We go to baseball. Name the four most recent Big Ten baseball tournament champions. Austin. Austin in first. And How about Michigan? Is Michigan on there? They are. So we're counting five tournaments back, and one of the teams in there has done it twice. All right, I will play. How about Indiana? Show me Indiana. Incorrect. They have not done it in the last uh, five years, although they did it right before that, back-to-back champions. Okay, how about the Bucknuts of Ohio State? Show me Ohio State. They are the team that has done it twice, 2019 and 2016. Michigan was in 2015. Two left, one strike. How about Minnesota? Show me the Gophers. One to go, just one strike. All right. I'd feel dumb if it's Nebraska and I didn't guess Nebraska. So how about the Big Red? How about the Huskers? Fortunately not. They've had a couple chances, but 
not in the last few years. All right, so I've got Michigan, Ohio State, and Minnesota, correct? Yep. Okay. And Minnesota, by the way, was 2018, so you're missing 2017. If you can uh, take yourself back to that season and put yourself there. I'm Austin worried was a mere child. Yeah, then. I know. He was <laughs> just a little baby. Wasn't I, shaving yet. <laughs> I'm worried that Greg will be able to go back to 2017. He might. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Thankfully, you've narrowed it down a little bit, and you can probably narrow it down a little bit more. Um, well, with uh, two strikes off the board, probably not too much more narrowing down going on. I'm just uh, saying narrowing down because there are some scrub teams in the Big Ten that you right. could probably... <laughs> not going to name any names, but... <laughs> Chicago. Um, yep. Right. Um. It's not Wisconsin, Austin. I'll help I, you. I knew that. I knew they that much. Yeah. I was, was not going to go with Bucky. Smart. But I will stay in. I'll, I'll go with the Big Ten team. I think that probably <laughs> favors me if I yeah, go with the Big go Ten Big team Ten. with this question. How about Iowa? Show me. Iowa. You got it. Well I didn't done. think you were going to get there. Greg, would well you have done. had that one? Yeah, I had it written down. Yeah, very good. That 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 Iowa team came out of nowhere yep. too. They were like, weren't they like a six or seven seed? Yeah, and I think they ended up being the four overall seed. The other day, I was talking about that Houston regional. Houston. They were in that region. Yes. Yeah. As the four seed. Hmm. Not often you see a power five as a number four seed, but yeah. Well Iowa done, was. Austin. Well done. One zero. All right, boys, here we go. Going to some hockey next. Name the four one seeds in the NHL playoffs. Austin. Greg Greg. first. Carolina. How about the Hurricanes? Yep. All right, I'll play. All right. Greg is in. Vegas. Vegas. How about Vegas? Unfortunately, I was confident on that one, too. (laughs) You were. Vegas is the two seed in the West Division. Now I'm shaking. Now oh boy. Just, oh boy. I'm off the game now. I just, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought the I worst is when two. you're super confident yes, in an answer and you're expected to be on there and it's not. And then you're like, yeah. oh. Oh, man, that's the worst. <sighs> I feel you there, Greg. And man. he's going to be thinking about Vegas the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. Got to bounce back. How about the Avs? Show me the Avalanche. You bet. They got the Blues right now, right? Yep, yeah, and up the two blues. Teams blues. They're yeah. going to sweep them. It's not going six. <laughs> Getting that buy-sell point. Abs are good. They are yeah. good. Yeah, they are good. Um, well, there was your West Division, Greg. You, you just crossed them. Go over the Dang it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how about Tampa? Show me the lightning. Oh, yeah. I'd oh, love God. to see the lightning on there. Uh, Tampa Bay's the three seed, believe it or not. Okay. Who are they playing? I mean, I guess you'd... Florida. Yeah. Guess we shouldn't give too many of the opponents away. Um, do do do. 
Uh, I've got to have one Canadian team, I think. So how about Toronto? How about the Maple Leafs? Oh, yeah. Well done. Number one seed in the North Division. Okay. So I'm going to go over to this region next. Um, Washington? How about the Capitals? Nope. It's there for you, Austin. It's right there for you. (laughs) Yes, it is. So just to clarify, we have Carolina, Colorado, and Toronto. Yes. And the incorrect guesses were Vegas, Tampa, and the Washington Capitals. All right. And Ben revealed that Florida is not one of them either. And I revealed that St. Louis (laughs) wasn't one. You can cross the Florida Panthers off your list. I could also tell you who Vegas is playing, too, if you want. Right. Um, uh, Might help if I knew my hockey divisions a little bit better. I was going to say, hockey is not fun. There was a hockey question that I got right a couple weeks back or did pretty well on, and that was pure I'm really proud of getting three. Yeah, no, that was well done. I told Austin earlier. I was hoping you were going to get Colorado. I told Austin earlier, I was like, there's a question that Ben has that I don't know if you guys are going to get more than one on, and this was the question. So, well done, Greg. Uh, And I can still lose. You still could. (laughs) It's open. How about... about Dallas? How about the Stars? Not this time. No steal for Austin there. in the Northeast? Correct answer. Pittsburgh Penguins. Ah, Dang it. Pens. I was kind of between them and Washington, so darn it. Darn it. All right. All right, very good. Moving on to question number three. We're knotted up at one point each. This one was actually a question that was going to be over. Yeah, going to be asked last <laughs> by week. By the way, by the way, before you yeah. do it, Austin, what was your buzzing answer going to be? Oh, I was going to say uh, Colorado. Okay. Yep, right. You want to have that one? Good thing there I got go. it in. Yeah, <laughs> good job. All right, question number three. Name the seven players in the American League who have won the batting triple crown in the last 100 years. Austin. Austin in first. Carl Yastrzemski. Show me Carl Yastrzemski. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that to be the first one. I was say there are a few more <laughs> names that are a little bit more notable than that one, but that one is on there. All right. Um, I'll play. Okay. Miguel Cabrera. Show me Miggy. All right, Austin, you have the two most recent. Miguel Cabrera, 2012, and it was Yastrzemski in 1967. So that's the most recent <laughs> two. <laughs> The other ones are before that, but they are all names that you have heard right. of. How about the splendid splinter, Ted Williams? Show me at Ted Williams. He is uh, the one on this list that did it twice. He did it in 1942 before the war and then 1947 right after it. All right. Um, how about Jolton Joe, Joe DiMaggio? Show me Joe DiMaggio. First By the way, back to, back to Ted Williams for a second. How terrible do you feel about your life? That dude won a triple crown, went and fought for his country in a yeah, war, was a fighter came pilot. back, and then won another one. Right, <laughs> exactly. It's unbelievable. Good for that guy. He's still being frozen somewhere, isn't he? Yeah, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> God, what a morbid <laughs> thought that is. <laughs> All right, Austin. Sorry to <laughs> disrupt you there, but you so have do I have three, three out of six or three out of seven? Three out of seven, and you have one strike. So you got Yastrzemski, Cabrera, and Ted Williams, and then DiMaggio was incorrect. All right. Um, let's see. 
Did Wade Boggs do it? How about Wade Boggs? Show me Wade Boggs. Hmm. Ignoring the clue that he gave that those were the two most recent. Oh, yes, right. It's all right. Listening skills are not always my (laughs) forte. There was a question a couple weeks ago where you said the pitchers for the White Sox, and I was going Yon Makata and all these different people that (laughs) I had no idea what I was talking about, so... Well, right, that's my third guess. I'm not going to say Pat White. I did learn his name <laughs> in, in the last week, but I'm not going to say him. Okay. So. Okay. Let's see. Baseball player in the American League who won the Triple Crown of hitting before 1967. That's, those are the... How about uh, the great Bambino, Babe sh- Ruth? Show me Babe Ruth. He did not do it. Nope. Good guess, though. Don't wow! Like thanks, Austin. That was one of my one of my guesses was him. So I'm glad you threw that out there. What else do you have, Greg? Well, I've got Mantle and Cobb. Okay, uh, are the two guys that I'm kind of leaning towards. So give me the Georgia Peach. Give me Ty Cobb. Show me Ty Cobb. Oh, Greg, you should have gone the other way. Mickey Mantle is the one that did (laughs) it. it. He did it in 1956. Frank Robinson was the next most recent uh, in 1966. And then before that, it was Lou Gehrig in 1934 and Jimmy Fox in 1933. And you know what? Here's the thing, Greg. Ty Cobb actually did do it, but the clue said in the last 100 years, and he did it before the last 100 years. So... Sorry to have to do that for you. A technicality. It was a technicality. Did he not do it in SNBL this last summer? That's that's true. You know what? For the Minneapolis Manits, he probably did win the Triple Crown. (laughs) Actually, I don't know if he did. I don't think he did. That was in the National League. A technicality I know. I'm sorry. That was... It makes me feel slightly less bad that we both guessed outside of the uh, the Queen's parameters. Yeah. It was a very, uh, very specific clue, but... I figured that we needed to at least limit it a little bit, and there was about four or five guys that did it before 1920. Cobb was one of them, and then there were a couple guys you probably wouldn't have heard of. All right, I asked you guys about 2007 Heisman winners last week. We're going to do 2008 Heisman nominees. (laughs) Not going to do that. That was a mistake. I was all ready for it. I I studied up. You actually (laughs) threw me off, and I was like, wait, that's not the question that's in front of me. What's going on? Oh, boy. All right. Uh, I will give you both a clue before I, I uh, give this question. Corey Kluber is not on this list, but he inspired wow. the question. <laughs> Name the top five players in payroll this year for the New York Yankees. Austin. Austin in first. Giancarlo Stanton. How about Mike Stanton, formerly Mike Stanton? <laughs> That's correct. Remember when he went by Mike Stanton? Simpler times. Oh, man. <laughs> $25 million a year. He is number two. All right. Um, I don't know if he's number one. I'm pretty sure he's number one. I'm playing, by the way. I believe uh, Garrett Cole has a pretty big salary. How about Garrett Cole? Yeah, I'd say $36 million this year is a decent paycheck. Certainly not bad. He is number one. Okay. Um... I believe Judge has had his extension, so Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge? Oh, okay. Not on the list. Cross him off then. <laughs> he has been crossed Cross off. Cross him off. Uh, 
And is this like by total contract or average value of the contract by year? I'm guessing, um, guessing it's this year's, like what he's making this year, right? Yeah. So we're we're just gonna go. We're gonna go the AAV. AAV. That's what I went by. Okay. Um. How you are right, though. He did sign an extension. He's just still not in the top five. Okay. Uh, Moneymakers for the or arbitration. He's up for arbitration next year. Okay. Well, one guy that I think got some money in arbitration was uh, second baseman DJ LeMahieu. How about DJ LeMahieu? Yeah. Nebraska Farmer is on there. <laughs> he is fourth place, $15 okay. million. How about uh, Gary Sanchez? Show me Gary Sanchez. Scary Gary. Gary up for arbitration again in 2022. Okay. Uh, Araldus Chapman. How about Araldus Chapman? Yep. You bet. Araldus Chapman making $17.47 million. So you've got the top four looking One for number left. five. Ooh, all right. And two strikes. about Glaber Torres? How about Glebe? Yes. Glebe... Um, let's see. He's only 24, service time, two years. So he's still got uh, – he'll sign his extension after this year. Ah. All right, Greg, chance to steal. God, everybody that I wrote down, Austin's already guessed. Yep. I thought maybe he was going to leave Chapman there for you, but – This last one. I think this guy's too young, but Luke Vogt. How about Luke Voigt? Voigt. After this year, he will sign. He's actually 30 years old, but is his contract is Service up time. this oh, year. Yeah. He's only um, been in the league like two or three years, hasn't he, or something? Yeah. yeah. Late blue. Uh, the answer is relief pitcher Zach Britton. Oh, I forgot that guy IL was around. Right now. Yeah. No way. No way. <laughs> you could have given me 20 guesses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, the other ones were, you know, at least reasonable to guess. 13.25 million for Mr. Zach Britton. All righty. Greg, you need this one to stay alive as Austin takes a 3-1 to one lead. Move over to the NBA. The playoffs going on right now. Who are the five players to win the NBA MVP award at least twice since the year 2000? Austin. Austin in first. Since the year 2000, LeBron James. Show me LeBron. He and his three rims. <laughs> yes. He, uh... <laughs> you just aim for the middle one, right? Yeah. He's actually done it four times. So we're looking for people who have done it at least twice. He's done it four times, 08, 09, 2009, 2010, 11, 12, and 12, 13. So he hasn't won it since the 2012-13 season. Right. He's washed. And, of course, this <laughs> coming after today, they announced the three finalists for the uh, NBA MVP this yes. year. Uh, guy not on that uh, top three list, but I believe has done it twice, Giannis. Show me the Greek freak. He did it the last two seasons, really, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, 2018, 19, and 19, 20. 
Okay, how about Steph? Steph Curry. Show me Steph. So Curry did it in 14-15 and 15-16. 15-16, the first unanimous MVP. There you go. So you've got three of the five and no strikes yet. Dirk Nowitzki. Show me Dirk. He's not on there. He has won an MVP, but not two. Yeah. Uh, Russell Westbrook. Show me Russ. One, but not two again? Again, yeah. He has won one, but not two. Pretty impressive feat. That it is. Going back to 2000, you said? Yes, 2000. How about Shaq? Show me Shaquille O'Neal. All right, Greg, the door is open. You have two possible Hmm. answers that you could go with for the steal. Come on, Greg. Got to have it. Think of your athlete that's motivating you that you said (laughs) earlier in the show. Pretend he's sitting on your lap. Tom Brady's right here, I guess. (laughs) Okay, maybe not Tom Brady. I got two names. Tim Duncan and Kobe Bryant. All right. So I'm going to go with Kobe. All right. Is it Kobe? No, great. You should have gone with Tim Duncan. Oh, Oh, man. See, I had Tim written down, but I didn't think he did it twice. And Yeah, Kobe only did it once. Really? It was kind of – people say that it was almost like a – I don't know, not necessarily a charity, but they did it because he hadn't won it yet, and it was kind of a career accomplishment type of award for him. But well, Tim I thought du- maybe you'd go with Kobe because he just got put in the Hall of Fame last week. Right. I know how you guys think, and he went oh. in the Hall of Fame over the weekend. Yeah. So I thought, oh, that's got to Timmy be went in with him. Though. Tim did go in with him. So Tim Duncan did it in 01, 02, and 2002, 2003. So back to back years. And then Steve Nash did the same thing back to back, 04, 05, and 2005, 2006. So Man, Greg had two 50 50s, and he chose wrong. I know. Both and that's times. that's yeah. how close this And so, Greg, you have nothing to be ashamed of for how you played this game because that was. Impressive. And Austin and I would, No clue on the Yankees. Austin took all the names yeah. I would have said on the Yankees. But no, if yeah. Greg, if you had gone the other way on both of those 50-50s, you would have you know, had the lead yeah. after that one. So, Congrats, Austin. You're the champ. He has the uh, trophy in front of him right curse now. Of the trophy oh, the curse. On. You're a hose next week, buddy. So No, got, I got revenge on my mind. You took me down the first time. I think oh, I'm do due. I have to play you? You've, yes, oh, it's Ben against Austin, and Woo-hoo! now all four of us that are on this segment right now have held the trophy at least once. So I don't want to play. I want, I want somebody else. I like asking the questions so much better. But hey, if you want to forfeit and give me Tim, I'll take that. No, because that's my motivation. Yes, I want exactly. To that's what we're all working toward. Austin, if you can just, like, throw in the towel on this. and then hey, I'll, let you re- I'll let you have the crown. If, just let me beat Tim, and then you can just I, take back over. You know, I'm, I'm totally happy to give up a week or well, probably two weeks to uh, to see that. I think oh, it'll only be two. So that's what I'm saying. So I, I'm willing to give it up for two weeks if I get my crown back after that. There you go. Wow. Impressive. Austin, you Clipped off a bunch of those. That was impressive. Good game. Good game. Well done. 
Nothing good on TV anymore? Struggling to find something to watch? There's no crying in baseball! Well, we've got you covered. I'm gonna make him an offer he can with you. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. It's time now for Sports Nightly Flicks Picks. And action! All right, let's see what's on everybody's screens. Let's start with Ben. We have started season two of The Circle. A lot of drama. A lot of cattiness uh, from a couple of the contestants. Claws are out. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty juicy. Some drama, and uh, I'm all about it. So I think we're three episodes in or so. It's uh, it's kind of lame, but, man, it holds my attention. What where, what service do you get that off of? Netflix. Netflix. It's on Netflix. Okay. Yep. Very good. Okay. Josh. All right. I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago or months ago. I don't remember when it was, but I uh, said that I was rewatching Survivor from season one. I got to talking to Brett about that the other day when we were here together, and he said that I should do a ranking of all the seasons. And so I started, I'm actually through season six right now, so I've watched the first six. So I'll give you guys the rankings of the, the first power rankings. six the seasons Josh so far. Power <laughs> yeah, this is what everybody wants to hear right now. So my number one so far is actually season number six, The Amazon. My number two is the second season in Australia. My number three was season five in Thailand. My number four was season four in the Marquesas. My number five was season three in Africa. And my least favorite season is season one in Borneo. Did not really like that season. It took a while to get off the ground. Honestly, if I had watched that at the beginning, I don't know if I would have come back and watched season two back when it was on live. It was that bad. Very poor production quality and not very Yeah, there was like no strategy in the game. No strategy. People were like... (laughs) There was one person, like, one person with strategy, and he was the guy that won. So it was like, yeah, wow, then, like shocker. I think at like tribal councils, there was like ten different people that got votes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> pretty lame. But anyway, there you go. I still have nice 30, 34 seasons to go. <laughs> that'll that'll fill up your time for a while. Yeah. All right, Austin. I'll, I have been informed by reliable sources, those being uh, my wife and my Hulu account, that there are two new episodes of Superstore that we have yet to watch. So. It's the uh, penultimate episode, and then also the series finale, apparently. So we will probably be wrapping up Superstore within the next couple days. Love it. Get on it. That's my plan. Very good. We've been going and picking off movies that we didn't see when they initially came out, but found them. And uh, last week it was the state of play. This week we went and saw the much ballyhooed 2018 movie, a remake, A Star is Born with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Here's a preview. You know, man, in the old days, I always knew, like, you were going to do something, that you'd be all right. It's the first time I'm worried about you. Can I ask you a personal question? Okay. Tell me something, girl. Do you write songs or anything? I don't sing my own songs. Why? I just don't feel comfortable. Why wouldn't you feel comfortable? Almost every single person has told me they liked the way I sounded, but that they didn't like the way I look. I think you're beautiful. I was skeptical of Lady Gaga. I didn't think she would be very good. I was surprised. She was pretty good. And this thing rated out pretty well, both by the critics and the audience on Rotten Tomatoes. 
Uh, so I enjoyed it. Uh, you guys have probably seen this because it was a monster hit three years ago, but I just didn't get a chance to see it. Have you guys seen it? Saw it. Loved it. Yeah. Wife yeah. loved it. Solid movie. Solid. Josh? Wife loved it. Didn't mind it. I have not seen it. I'm the only one, I guess. Maybe yeah. I will. It's pretty good. I mean, it's it's a little dark at times, but she's pretty good. I did not expect much yeah. out of Lady Gaga, but she does a pretty good job with that. Hey, buckle up. Put that phone down. It's a reminder from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. All right, that's going to do it for Sports Nightly for the week. Tomorrow night, Ben and I are on the air at 6, but with baseball pregame, we'll do an hour pregame before the Huskers take on the Hoosiers tomorrow night in Bloomington as part of that pod. Uh, so we'll join you tomorrow night from Indiana. Thanks to Ben, to Josh, to Austin, and to all of you for being a part of this one tonight. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you from Indiana tomorrow. Good night.